here we are and welcome to another episode of the friday night movie podcast we have one of our all-time favorite guests our all-stars the mike roberts is back you know him from his amazing creation of dallas and robo which we've been raving on since you're one of the po- raving about since you're one of the podcast uh, final space bojack horseman a juno award winner for rumble seat uh, his collaboration with the Sadies. Did I miss anything, Mike? I feel like the I, I know your stuff so well at this point. It's like off the off the back of my head. But is there anything I missed? No, I'm NFT curious. I mean, you know, I'm just <laughs> NFTs and bitcoins. I feel like those are really, really big right now. I don't understand what an NFT is. Do you know what an yeah. NFT is? I do, and I but I don't like. I don't think anyone really. Did you see that SNL sketch? They did like a Eminem spoof of like of NFT. It's pretty good, actually. No, but I have to check it out. It's basically like it's like a something that's nothing but can never be recreated. That's okay. So a, a Bitcoin is like you make a fake. You're I fake. Fake makes people mad, but it's all fake. Gold standard's fake. It's all fake. Fake gold value is fake. So when I say that, I mean it with love. It's assigning a value to an algorithm, and then. Make, that creates scarcity. So no one can have that same algorithm. So that's worth this much. So to own it, you have to get a piece of it and there's less. So it's it's basically making an, an, an imaginary thing based on an algorithm that you assign a value to and then everyone else agrees to pay for it. I mean, it's literally how money works. So an NFT is a Bitcoin with an image attached. Got it. So you could make one of like a drawing of Robo. Totally. And, and sell it be- as yeah. an NFT. So it's like a could be like a fine art piece in a sense, because it's the only I, well. That's and, and what it's essentially done is, in theory, it's given the Instagrammers a, a way to monetize their Instagrams. But it's not on Instagram. I'm just saying that concept of a digital gallery, and then you own the uniqueness of it. But really, it's just turned into a free for all of who can get the most marketing. Wow. Well, welcome to the NFT kidding, episode of True. <laughs> so but, but before we it's so great to have mike back before we get to our our, our theme today by the way is we're just going to ask mike and talk to mike about and maybe he's going to ask things about just whatever is happening in pop culture and movies and television and what we've been watching it's going to be a fantastic before that lily and becky how are you doing i'll start with becky since lily's in traffic how am I? I'm great. Um, I went to, I mean, I went uh, by myself. No, we went with the whole family to an alpaca farm. Alpaca including farm, me. That's the including best. Including Shy. We brought all the kiddos. We got to feed them and pet them. And uh, Shy bought all the kids very large alpaca stuffed animals. And um, alpaca socks for our parents because I didn't want them to feel left out. And it's amazing. I think mom texted you and said, buy me something. I don't yeah, want to be left out. That is true. To that be is clear. True. We're, I'm getting very anxious about their arrival. They will be here on the day this episode drops. They will be arriving at my house um, for their first time in a year because they've been living with Lily for a year. And I have been preparing for their arrival because it's no secret. They don't really like staying with me for more than... <laughs> 12 to 36 hours at a time but in the age of quarantine they don't they've been known after a day or i think before even the first day hits to just be like you know what we'll just go stay in a hotel yeah or or we're just gonna go to california to see becky so (laughs) so becky and yet yet you're the favorite it's so weird (laughs) yeah it is 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 a little bit annoying environment or is it the like dynamic I mean, do you want the list no, of no. things? It's, it's <laughs> literally, it's we can like give you the list. 
come oh, down to like coffee. Okay, here's cute. And like mug size. Okay, well, put yourself back <laughs> on mute. It's very loud. So here's here's the gist of it. Shy does not want to admit that he's created a guest room in very broad air quotes that's just mm. not very comfortable, but yep. gets offended when my parents say your guest room isn't comfortable. Got so it. that's the that's the we have an uncomfortable dynamic. house for, for guests. At Becky's advice, I reached out to my parents and I asked them for their rider. I called okay. them up. I said, I said to my mom, I said, Mom, what what needs to happen? What can I do to make this a comfortable stay for you? I got two weeks to do this. Just give me your list. No, we don't need anything. Mom, please just tell me what you want. What do you what would you like? She says, Well, we need a lot of space. We also need a lot of storage to unpack because I'm not living out of a suitcase. My mom will unpack if she is staying somewhere for six hours. I didn't know that existed until I met my wife. She unpacks (laughs) at a hotel. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, if you told me that uh, every hotel I've ever been to that the drawers were glued shut, I'd be like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) My goal when I stay at a hotel is to keep everything in the suitcase at all times. Yeah, me too. And you move the dirty clothes into a, the bag. Yeah. They give you a bag yes. in the closet for cleaning. You take exactly. that, you put your dirty clothes in there, and then you make, you wedge that into your suitcase and kind of un, you reverse fill with dirty clothes. It, exactly. That's 100%. Like, I'm afraid of the drawers because I know I will leave things in it. So my mother's the other way around. So I say, okay, mom, we have, there's a trade off. There's space or stuff to put your, your things in because one or the other you got to pick right i don't have infinite space and she said no no no. i need places to put things so i have okay i have a plan it's we're we're working on that so that's very good and then i said what about other things to make you comfortable towels she asked for washcloths i bought 48 washcloths i because i I mean you can't run out of that yeah there's three different colors a package of 48 there's no because she had she seemed to want more than one per person and so I just so but buying 48 how... seems like semi sorry. Oh, no, go, go no, Mike, whatever you're going to say is accurate. Please go for it. <laughs> no, no. I was going to say 48 almost sounds like a, like a passive aggressive. Oh, you want washcloths? Here's a Hi, that is a great, that is perfect. Shai is a passive aggressive shopper. Because so... what he says, he goes, this is what I need for myself. And then I'm going to buy double that for each individual person. So nobody can even think of touching the thing I bought for myself. So, I didn't, by the way, I wasn't implying that, that you were doing anything wrong. I was saying it could be interpreted as such. Well, in this case, I'm just really trying to make sure all the bases are covered. And so then I, I asked my mom, and then I said, what about shampoo? Do you have a preference for shampoo? My mom asked for, <laughs> the, she, she, you know, I got the Pantene conditioner. You got 150 and, gallons of Pantene. Well, that's it. My mom said specifically, do not get me a gallon of shampoo. <laughs> and I said, you'll get whatever size shampoo I can find in this quarantine era. And then last but not least, my dad, who is really an easy customer in a lot of ways, um, in terms of vocalizing these things, you know, he's very, you know, my dad, my, my dad has also been known to like sleep on the floor in order to like make other people comfortable. In this case, you hear him in the background, like a very quiet, I wouldn't say a bark as much as like a growl of, make sure they have the right size coffee cups and i was like wait a minute wait, listen a whole... I, I i don't i think i both agree with them and disagree with them because i agree with that the, you have to have the right size coffee cup but i think there's no right coffee cup there's the right mug it's not about the size 
Well, oh, it's, so, it's about the yeah. So that's that's an interest that's an interesting point. Either way, I, this was an area that I I don't you know I've only started drinking a lot of tea lately, so I have no real awareness. But I'm looking at my coffee mugs while this is happening. Like, what's wrong with my coffee mugs? Surely they can't be. I'm like, you need me to get bigger yeah, coffee wrong. mugs because, like, in my mind, we have pretty big coffee mugs, and and I'm like, the only thing you would want is bigger ones. No one could possibly want smaller ones. And then my mom says, you know, your sister's coffee mugs are just too big. <laughs> so, so I said, well, want, I, maybe want... she means they make the coffee cold quickly. That oh, happened. That's maybe that's it. That's I said, probably it. I said. Because... Well, do you want smaller coffee mugs? And then mom said, yeah, yeah, yeah. A normal size on. Well, at this point I'm completely lost because I thought mine were normal. So I made my mom get a, a, a what's it called? The thing with the ounces, a measuring cup, a measuring cup and pour. Mm. I said, mom, get the measuring cup, get the coffee mug you like, tell me how many ounces. So there are now a half a dozen. 10 ounce coffee like, mugs in my house. Do you ever like get a brunch at a hotel? Like, you know, and you maybe like it's in a hotel that maybe is like you spent a little bit more on and then you eat in the restaurant and they have coffee for breakfast and it's like a little delicate mug. And it's like the <sighs> best thing ever because of how dainty the mug is or something, but it's not one you want at home. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like coffee's so experiential in the moment that the mug matters, but I think you have to, it's their job to find the mug. Unless you're one of those people who have all the same mugs, and then I worry about your sanity. No, you know no, what no. I mean. We like, have, mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we have everything from a Star Wars mug from the '90s that I have. I also there want you to go. point yeah, out, so you I live one. one house over from Shy, and I own coffee mugs in every shape and size because every time my parents come to visit me, they complain they don't have the right coffee mugs and go out and buy themselves mm. new ones. Or just well, that's. Them. I mean, listen. At least that's that's. So, at least they're they're handling it. That's what I'm saying. So you could have just like she could have just come over on day one, gone through the cabinet, and said, "Okay, I like this one. I like that one. I'm, like I have." I'm trying. Can to I ask get a question? Things... Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no. I was gonna say, why don't you plan uh like a trip to like Bed Bath and Beyond, like on the way from the airport? So they land. You get them in the car. You go, okay, first stop, Bed Bath and Beyond. Let's do this. You get the soap, the shampoo. Coffee mugs, oh, and you like, like camp you make shopping them with kids, kind of yeah. like camp, camp shopping. shopping. But you well, know what? It's not going to matter because they're not going to like the coffee anyway because they don't like your <laughs> so coffee maker. So <laughs> this is a way to figure. This is smoking them out. You know. Hold on, <laughs> wait. Matter. This door is going to wait one second. Uh, door is going to make noise. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah I can hear mm-hmm. you just fine. Um, because the other thing I was going to say is, what about a business where you do uh uh, you get set up for um guests by a box that comes to your house that creates a hotel experience so it comes with rolled up it rolled up wow uh, face cloth the little bottles soap yeah pillow mints and it comes in like and it's like you get like a uh the go bag from like a like in a movie serial killer and they they get the guns but it's all laid out and it's like it's like, oh, but it's also, but if it's a couple of towels, amenities. but, no, but, but imagine if it's your personalized. Hotel. This is like your hotel version, but it's personalized because you get a writer before they come and the writer's exactly. sent to the, this company who takes care of Yeah. Them. It's like Framebridge or whatever. Yeah. I just sent my, I sent <laughs> a frame out to get framed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh. I know that company. All right. Well, we'll have to come up with a good name. It's a good thing we had this. Like I'm glad we had this. I'm glad we workshopped this. Uh, <laughs> Mike is not just an esteemed director. Um, so Mike, we love when you come on because you are so insightful, but you, 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 you transcend, 
you cross, you walk that amazing line between like filmmaker, but also super fan that makes it like, like it keeps, it puts me like, you remind me of Kevin Smith, Tarantino, right? Not, not because you make movies like them or anything like that, but like those people who love movies and storytelling, like as much as like, it is their job, like you love talking about it. So it's really fun for us to just pepper you with thoughts. Is that a fair that is, I, I completely agree because I, I can't, I would never, I love Quentin Tarantino with all my heart. I would never, like I could never, uh, it even sounds weird to even imply that you could compare yourself. But what I would say is I aspire to have his love and understanding of the genre. Whether, whether whatever the filmmaker you come out on mm-hmm. the other end is, you know, I make cartoons, they're dumb. But like the, but you know what I'm saying? Like the way he talks about movies, I have like a ultimate relationship with when I hear him speak, it's really inspiring. Cause I'm like, Oh, there's someone who gives a shit as much as I do. Yeah, Gu- I Guillermo mean, del Toro. You guys as well. Gu- Guillermo del. Mm, oh my god, Guillermo del Toro is actually the better one since he does make a lot of animation as well. But like, it's that same kind of thing, like a fan and a, like someone who loves it. So he's working on a thing that I'm not literally working on, but I'm sort of working on the side from a distance, and it's really cool to watch him. They're making. Uh, I think I can talk about it. They're making Pinocchio, his stop motion Pinocchio. Oh no, that's amazing! Oh, that's wow. For Netflix, can you make sure that I'm allowed to say that before we? If you yeah, sure, sure, sure. I sure, think sure. it's. I think it's a Netflix sure production, and they're halfway through. Like I think it's announced. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not work. Let me say I'm not working on the film, but I I have an association with the company that does. So it's kind of fun to hear the legend of him being equally as exciting in person. Like I was talking to someone who was working with Taika Waititi, and it felt like, oh yeah, he's as good as everyone says. Oh, that's cool. amazing. Yeah, it's it's announced. There's a whole Wikipedia page. It's yeah, okay. I think I, I'm sure it is. I just and, I just and, think del Toro is also and, very inspiring. And that's a relief that I feel like when you hear that someone is good as you think that they would be, instead of all the mm-hmm. people we've heard are as bad as we couldn't even imagine they could be. So it's nice. Well, the nice I think, thing about like, it when you hear sorry, that. I mean, no, no, no. Yeah. No, because I love the idea that like you know when you hear people and they're bad, you go, oh well, then I guess everyone's bad. So it's nice to hear that, like when people are good, you're like, oh yeah. Right. So there is a Let, line you can let's, do it. Let's this right, is like, this right. is like a first act conversation that's going to come back at the end when I talk about okay. the movies I'm <laughs> recommending because this is definitely I had a moment like this last night when we were watching something. Something. Mm. So there are things that we really look to you on, and, the, and there are these big milestones in the fan community, and one of them, of course, that we talked about a few weeks ago, is the Snyder Cut. Um, yeah, and I know. I, I mean, like the Snyder Cut of the Justice League, which I've gotten some really funny messages from people being like, "What's a Snyder Cut? Please tell me what a Snyder Cut is." And I like I that just, it's a term before it's like it's like a general term. His name's Zack Snyder. Totally and coincidentally, a Snyder Cut is you know. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Like because also it's called that. It's not called the Justice League. <laughs> it's just called the Snyder Cut. So like, what's your take on director's cuts, Snyder cuts? The Snyder Cut versus The Godfather 3. Like, what's your general yeah. reaction? Because I'm moving more and more towards, like, I have, there are very few director's cuts that I've actually loved. Although sure. I, I, thought there, I thought the Snyder Cut was fine. I never saw the original. Um, and most of the time, I feel like they're too long. So I'm now proponent of editor's cuts, which means, like, people who are not the studio, but who still, like, edit movies for a living. Then, well, that's, I mean, that's a great Quinn Tarantino type thing. Like he talks about how his sec, his filmmaker is, um, oh my God, I have to get her name right. Can I get it right? I think it's Sal. I'm, I, I know in my head what it is, but I don't want to say it out loud. His, his editor? 
Yeah. Uh, I'll look it up. I think it's Sally Minky, but like. It is Sally How Minky. can I get it there? Okay, it's phew. Sally. Okay. But he talks about her being the other director, the other writer. So to the, that's to that point. I think you're right. I think the editor is probably the most hands-on filmmaking position other than the director or the writer. Yeah. Like it yeah. should be up there on and that the, level. I mean, anyway, they're sorry. they're the ones putting the pieces of the story. It's like memento, right? Like they're the ones well, putting the pieces of the story. Well, let me ask together. you, in working in animation, what is that relationship like? Because it's quite different in animation because you know, the story artists are uh, like the I don't edit, it and the film is edited before yep. it's animated, which is something people don't understand. Or like the boards are edited, right? And no, you're absolutely right. I mean, and that's even getting worse because the more that they make animators basically time out their boards, the less that the editor's doing. But I don't know. I because by the way, I think there's a there's there's many ways that animation works. Usually, you're right. Like that, it's sort of like the editor is kind of lo- like clumping stuff together that the animators and the board artists have made. I think I try personally with my productions, and and it pisses off a lot of producers, is to treat the edit the animator or the I call them animators, basically what they are, the board artists, like they're creating footage. So I always say like don't 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 go to you can go to time because we have to get through it, but like treat it like you're making footage. Don't try and edit your scene yourself. Give it a little space. Give it a little time. Talk to the editor about what you want this to be because it doesn't matter how good of a storyboard artist you are, you're not the best editor. You might be a good editor, but you're not the best mm-hmm. editor. It's like I can edit, but I would, but it, but it would also be, you know, it's like saying like it's the difference between like drawing and being like Raphael. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's so anyway, but that's what I would say to that. Like I think that the editing process is sort of undervalued in animation. So you find animation editors who are geniuses and just assemblers and finding the you know you actually have to hunt because you can get someone who's worked a million years and they're just an assembler and then you find someone who's as good an editor as any other filmmaking genre medium anyway so coming back to these different cuts yes this is awesome coming back to these different cuts what's your take on these different cuts like um, what is your reaction to these two, two, a couple of very high profile ones, the Snyder cut, the Godfather three, what are, what, what's your general take on this phenomenon? Well, I, I think the main thing, cause I, I don't, how do I say this? I didn't really like the Snyder cut, but I also didn't like justice league. And I do think Zack Snyder has good movies in him. Like I actually think Watchmen's really good. I, I don't, I, I, I don't I have a Watchmen. problem. With that is the one of his movies that I love. And I liked man of steel, but, it's like the more I see, it's like Ryan, Ryan Johnson would be one of my more favorite filmmakers these days if it weren't for The Last Jedi. I think he shouldn't have done that. You know, like I just don't think that fits in his lexicon because Brick is one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, great movie. So, how do you judge him? Like, the Snyder Cut is to me without an editor. It's what happens when you just put everything <laughs> possible. Like it's edited. I mean, the, the scenes work and the pacing, the pacing in the moment actually works. There's no problem with the filmmaking. The maze on scene is great. Like there's shots of Superman in the Snyder Cut. I was like, that's so cool. I wish I was watching this IMAX. It's so bad that it's a little postage stamp. But like, um, but that's what I, so, so I would say like, I think it's great. And I also think the anxiety of him having to stop and not be able to finish must've just crushed him absolutely destroyed him so i think this is like a even if it's a a lucky thing he gets to do it's pretty amazing that he was given back the keys to sort of clean it up and send it out 
So I think it's an amazing feat. I kind of both don't like it and also love it at the same time for that reason. That's very cool. And now what do you think of The Godfather 3? This is a filmmaker also sort of tackling unfinished business is the best way sure. to describe it because yeah yeah the godfather three i've always loved the godfather three as a story and i've always felt that there were great there's a great movie in there um yeah. even when i saw it as a young kid as disappointing as it was because it feels different it feels so different than the it's so 90s it's weird right it's such a 90s How different movie it feels? Mm-hmm. um but what was your take on on that and, and what was being done there? Like, is Coppola doing the same thing as Snyder? Is he doing something else? I think that that one is sort of like hindsight. I, I also think to me, because if you read about it, I was because I, I get, you know, of course, you, you watch a thing and then you have to like do your Wikipedia deep dive for like six hours afterwards. But like he was sort of pressured financially into finishing The Godfather Part 3, I think. Right. Like he needed the money and and it was like the right time and the studios really wanted it. So that's why he moved forward without Robert Duvall. That's why he moved forward on, um, they, they cast, I think they cast his daughter because a bunch of people dropped out. Right. So it I becomes think it's when like, a rider got sick is the, is the tale. Something like that. And I don't know, by the way, I don't know if that would have been better. I think she, Winona Ryder is amazing, but I don't know if that's her role. Cause I also think like, um, oh shit, who plays the Vincent? Uh, I love him. Andy Dan- Garcia. Oh, Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia is amazing in that. But I also think Andy Garcia is one degree too 90s for a Godfather movie. So oh, Andy Garcia, in a weird mm. way, t- like in a weird way, he puts the time. Like, I know it sounds stupid to say, but like Michael Corleone's haircut in that movie dates the movie. It does. Like the other know, movies it is, feel it's one of the timeless. Weird, it's one of the weird things about that movie is it's, it's yeah, that look he like, has. But it kind of works because in the 90s, it sort of had this Gordon Gecko type feel like it looked like he was trying to act like Gordon Gecko. So like it kind of worked for the character, but there wasn't enough Gordon Gecko in the movie to like make it play. But like because he wasn't wearing like the shiny suits. So anyway, but the, the point I'm trying to make is I think I would also think he would want to fix it, you know, in the same way that Zack Snyder would want to fix it. So and I and by the way, I think the code is a much, much better film, even though the majority of it's not. And I would say it's much more the same than even Snyder Cut is. Yeah, it's a tighter so it's awesome. movie. It's tighter movie. It feels it feels like it's just a better pace. I will say, like, if they made that today, I think they would just have shelled out the money for Duval. In today's age of yeah, Ruba, sure, of, totally. of, of of reboots or and not things like it. that, they don't they don't leave it on they don't leave one of these classic actors on the table when they're doing one of yes. those. That was no, one it's where true. he I mean, wanted the same money as Pacino, I think. And yeah, and I wonder what the line was, right? Like, because it's like, let's, if you want to say money, if you know, makes the budget $5 million more and you're spending 80, like, I don't know, or maybe 20. I don't know what the, at the time, what that meant, you know? Like, I know that half the budget of Superman was for Marlon Brando. So it's like hard to know what the metric is, but you're right. It seems like if you're already gambling, what's a few more dollars, you know? Yeah. And then, and then your other option is George Hamilton, who is okay and it's fine for the sort of corporate slickster, but. It's not the same thing. I actually oh. liked him. I just think they missed an opportunity to have a George Hamilton and Robert Duvall. Like that would have been a really interesting thing. Like make a play where the two of them are battling the old and the new, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Where he's no it longer. It seems like the, that was what it was supposed to be. Where he's the old consigliere. Exactly. And then he's, so, but it's not even, it's like the mob consigliere and then like a, a straight and narrow uh, business consigliere but even though they're monsters too you know like it's, it's the, the, the legal monster and the illegal monster oh, i like it now what would you remake what would be what would be wait the, can what, i ask oh sorry a quick question about the recut just 
Mike, you had said that you didn't like Justice League. What, what is it possible to like a recut if the original you didn't really like? I think so. I totally think so. I just think like the problem with Justice League, if you see the original, I don't think Joss Wade made a better film, but I think all the notes he got to change, I agreed with. So like making it more positive, happier tone, the colors are too desaturated. If someone referred to it as watching a movie through like a clear bottle of vegetable oil, and I don't disagree with that as the aesthetic that <laughs> Zack Snyder came up with, which I think actually looks great. It just doesn't look great to me for, for a comic book movie. So, so I think that's what it is. I think there, there's a, I don't think there was any version of this that was going to be good. But in other cases, I didn't like Godfather three, the original one. It always felt not right. And I do say I like Coda. Like I watched and went, oh wow, this feels. Even though it's so similar, it feels totally different. That opening sequence in that movie is amazing. Changes like a kind of a business shakedown is like kind of a cool thing and a good. That one to me is like flipping it and for the better. The original one it's like, is a slow no, look at the house in Tahoe all burned out, right? Totally. It's really weird. It just feels like you're like, by the time... I remember, so when I remember when I used to watch The Godfather first, I haven't watched it in a long time before the coda, but there, we know when like Sofia Coppola would show up, I feel like you were exhausted by the movie already. So you <laughs> judged her really harshly. So this version of it, you I feel like that's a great description of that movie. Yeah, but by in this one, when she's up, you're like, okay, well, it's not perfect but it's it's she doesn't feel so important that it like drags the movie down yeah. and i i think that's just what the pacing does it's like okay i got lots of gas for these characters so it almost like you you don't get to the third fourth time with her where you're like is that really the best performance okay instead of it being like oh god not this this is you know and also i think people are harder on her than they need to be like it's it's not the worst performance in the world it's just a little it's unnuanced you know like you're it's missing something so what I was going to say, because Force Awakens is to me a remake, which I watched at the drive-in last night. <laughs> so that's all fresh <laughs> in my head. <laughs> so what would you recut? Yeah, what would be the Mike Roberts cut? Any movie, any era, if you could do, be the person to do your version of a cut. You know, it's funny. And it, and it's like, I I feel like, you know, like it's not, it's so not out of the question that like my hopes get up and then I just get disappointed because it'll probably never happen. But the movie I'd want to make is The Last Starfighter. Because like oh, that one to me that. is yeah but it's not good enough that it's unbreakable like remaking like the princess bride is a, a sin is a travesty <laughs> a travesty yeah. unnecessary but remaking the last starfighter is like oh yeah okay there's room for improvement there because that movie's missing the best thing about that which is him actually learning how to fly the ship right like he <laughs> learns and he's good but now it's like okay now now you're going to the top of the mountain like the kill bill 2 on the top of the mountain is the most important part of the kill bill Trilogy or uh, dual duology? Oh, what do you call that? What do you call it when you just make two? Sequel? Biology? No, because sure. it's biology. I just mean no. No. it's not a sequel. It's, it's not a sequel. No, it's, it's just like it's cut in half. It's a story that yeah that takes place over yeah. two films. It's not the same. Like there's no movie unless you learn about how hard she worked to become this maniac. But you could mm-hmm. you had a whole movie where she was proving it to you before you even got to that. So anyway, that I think, I think that would be it. Last Starfighter. It's not hallowed ground. I I I, right. I, th- I think that's a cool movie, and I would I would love to see the Mike Roberts take on that. All right, the, you now, know what I'm actually writing? I'm writing a, a sequel, not a sequel, a remake of Smoking and the Bandit. But like, no wow. one would know except that there's the cars. 
<laughs> like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it would not, it has nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? It's as much of a right. start over as anything, but that's, that's one of those ones that is like, to me, that movie's hallowed ground, oh, wow. but I'm, it, but it's a new, it's totally, it's just inspired by, you know, right. It's a, it's a, it's a, there's homage in there or there's, it's got the DNA as, as DNA. Exactly. The yeah. DNA. It's related. Uh, Lily, one of my favorite things to do on our show is have Lily just ask questions about things she doesn't understand in the <laughs> superhero world. And so we've been watching. That makes me sound super stupid. No, it's no, not. No, it makes I you like sound it. cool. No, no, no. It's, this is part of what makes you amazing. I don't Lily. mind. So I'm I figured saying. you should There's ask no Mike all the questions that you've wanted to ask me. This time I did watch it. I watched two and a half episodes of it. I didn't make it through the third. And okay. I watched two and a half full episodes. Wait, of I, what? Here's of Falcon. He's going. He's oh, now yeah, okay, moving okay. to Marvel. Sure. Falcon and and his friend. Um, <laughs> and so, first of all, I have like this is a broader question. When is too much content? Too much for I a genre or a brand or a group of friends or superheroes because I literally thought the show was a fake meme. Like I didn't think that this was real. It and does seem like, it was, seems like a, like a joke, like, like a, a like joke a, yeah. or something. Uh-huh. Right. Like even and, the name. And, and, right. And, and I, and then when shy was like, no, 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 you, you're going to have to watch this. Mike is going to be on at some point and you got to watch this. And, and I was like, that's not a thing. And it's a real whole show on TV. I know. And but also WandaVision and, sounds like a joke. Until you realize what doesn't it? Yeah. Right. And and but then and then I'm getting lists like ads for Black Widow and and so on and so on. And so I what and then there's the then Spider-Man's gonna come back. Um when is it enough? Like is it too much? I don't you don't we all agree it's too much, or am I being like a party pooper? Well, I but I think that's you know, they say about superhero fatigue, and I think that that's that's a real thing. But I think here's the thing that I realize like there's the nerd consumer, which I, you know, put myself in the category of, and then there's everybody else. So my issue is always when they make something that's ultra niche, why not try and go to everybody? So that's what I think is the genius of WandaVision. WandaVision is like blowing the formula up to try and attract everyone. And most people I know watch the first three episodes are like, wow, this is great. Hmm. You know, so, so. But like that's changing it up. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna do that, I think there's no bottom. But I think like the risk with Falcon and the Winter Soldier is is that it feels um like a movie sort of. Which is also right. part of my problem with the Mandalorian, frankly. Well, it I'm feels more like oh, that sort was, of. Well, that I'm was more interested, I've realized, even though I don't particularly like I'm not over the moon about the first couple episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier that I've seen, I'm more interested in watching it as a series than I am the two hundred Avenger movies. Okay. Like there's so I mean, many yeah. Avenger movies. I actually mm-hmm. like I do You like the lower the, stakes? Yeah, I think I like the lower stakes. I like Well, and then there's more character development about a couple you, characters. Right. Um and I so love watching I love watching superhero movies even if it's not a good one. I I do truly enjoy it, but there are yeah. so many of them at this point. I can't keep track. And just having like a show be like, "Oh, I'll just watch this for the next like couple months." Like I'm I've realized Oh, it paces it. Yeah, I agree with that because one of the things like my biggest problem with Falcon and Winter Soldier right now is the first episode hit me like I really, really got me even though I think it was uneven. I thought like that opening scene where he was flying in the it was but it was the, super uneven, right? Yeah. Thanks. Well, well, here's the 
and had a couple of things like it was it was both really epic for a tv show so it made me go oh they're really they're doing something here but also like he's like murdering people left and right which seemed really weird like tossing people out of airplanes those guys are definitely dead so like it had this sort of tonal issue that I was working on, but I kind of went, I mean, as soon as the, the squirrel guy, I, some moments get me like the squirrel falling dude, they went, the they did a thing where, well, the funny thing is they're fighting on the plane and then clearly they didn't work in enough time to get them into their squirrel suits. So they did one of those like zip, zip, zip montages of them putting their squirrel suits on, but you're like, no, 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 that means he's Not standing right. there for the montage. What are you doing? That doesn't <laughs> count. But then they did that thing where they went into a ball and went into the helicopter. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. So like, I that was like very cool. That was a very cool. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And then the whole thing happens. And then I can't tell you how much I like the concept of Winter Soldier trying to make amends for the murders he's committed. I think you that is. You do like that. Yeah. I think that's genius. compelling. Mm-hmm. I think that when he's sitting there and you see the, and you just saw that flashback and he's sitting there and then the dad, and you don't know why he's hanging out with this old guy. And then you see the plate and mm-hmm. it's really, really nice cinematography in that show. Like, holy shit. And they're shooting up past, I guess they're sheer dim. dumplings or something and then he goes like i had a son and then winter soldier and you're like oh fuck like that's when that show like hit hard and also think sebastian stan's probably one of the best actors in marvel i love him he really is he's like a cut above he's he's very good i I would say one of the other things this is that that element does really well is it it is building out the it is building out the civil war movie a lot more like this really is a companion piece to Captain America Civil War and not much else. But, it, sure. but the same way, the same way like the Clone Wars makes the prequels better. Like right. this, this depth, justifies our existence. This depth, right? Because the big reveal in spoilers in, in, in Captain America Civil War is that one of the people assassinated was Iron Man's parents. So this is now spreading that those consequences out further both for him and for other people so that like not everything is about tony stark and his parents and all that yeah he's saying sorry to someone else other than tony stark right and i like that a lot no huge but then they do stuff like there was he's running after the trucks and he jumps in the truck but you can see the truck behind and the truck behind doesn't stop like they do right. weird TV, we ta- TV we, choices. We talked we about that in our. Do we talk about that on the podcast? Because I talk about that in our house for no. a very long time. We talk about it in my like, house. We're like, hello. There's it's a, a, it's a deal breaker in the moment. Why isn't so anybody to- doing anything? Why don't I? Have my care? theory. Hey, wait, I'm just gonna say in defense of this show because yeah, yeah. I was like furious about that. I don't. Because I was like, come this. on, guys. I was so yeah. mad about it. And I was ranting, and then I realized that they know that that super powered girl is in there yeah and they, i guess they're just waiting for her they're to just they're just like out. not you fussed by it they're like eh, out of whatever we got this like we don't but there's two to. kinds Wait, of things that you i'm sorry i don't want to cut you off no, no go ahead go ahead that's the only like justification i have yeah you can't lie to the audience though you can't because that breaks the fourth wall Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what their plan was. You have to tell the story in a way where the audience doesn't go, hold on a second. That because as soon as the audience sense. goes, hold on a second, you're out. Right? Well, that's, I just that's was when like, well, because also, texting, when he like, jumped into the back the biggest of the, when he jumped into the back of the truck <laughs> and the truck that's directly behind that saw him do that did nothing. He wasn't like, that's weird. The other armed people in the truck behind me aren't trying to shoot at me or warn their friends. Ram or honk. ram the back or something. Like, honk, like nothing. But like, why not have <laughs> the character weird? moment where he turns around and looks at the driver of the other truck and goes like this, at like an asshole. Here I am. I'm going to fuck your shit. And the truck driver, stone face, just lets off the gas. 
And you're like, why is he letting off the gas? So right. all you're doing is 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 winking to the audience. I know this is this is a problem we're addressing. Or this is a problem you have to be right. doing that constantly as you it, go. Because by the way, he dropped out of a, a plane, landed on his back, and he's kind of right, which is cool. I thought that was funny. It's like he's that's how you're establishing right. how strong he is. And then a minute later, he gets knocked off the truck and doesn't chase the truck. There's no you can't. How can we worry about him falling off a truck if he just fell out of a plane? Right, like right, and he's, and also his like face is like then bloody, and I'm like, you just fell out of the sky, out of a plane, yeah. Like, <laughs> what are trees. we doing? Unscathed. But it was a choice to make him fall out of the sky, which I I'm totally in for. You've got to say, but and they also have that thing where when I found out the new Captain America doesn't have powers, and Falcon doesn't have That's powers, weird. these guys are all just punching each other. Like, you can't, you can't all. It's the Batman and the Justice League, frankly. It's but like, they were saying on, he doesn't have power, but he's the most powerful regular human, and you're like, the other all right, so then, right, so like, <laughs> what's the? So like, what is it then? Like, it, where does he even have the wings? Does a lot of push like, Yeah. Well, and that's Fly what I like. like. I felt like you see that you justify the Falcon in that opening sequence of the first episode. You're like, oh man, with these wings, he's pretty great. It doesn't see him like punching rocks. Situation, yeah, totally right. that. So, like, because that's the problem with Justice League is like it's constantly reminding you that Batman's just a guy. The whole movie is just reminding you that Batman's just a guy. And it, you know, it had one of my favorite things in Justice League. There's that moment where the flat, like Superman looks at the Flash. Do you remember that? I don't know if, any, if you saw that. That's a really nice moment where the Flash is, is used oh, to where, being where, the only guy who can that speed. Oh, that's a great moment. Yeah. And Superman looks at him in real time. And you're yeah. like, oh, shit. But uh, to me, I mean, one of the <laughs> few really moments that hits in that movie. But I also think Superman as a bad guy is like, you know what I feel like? I feel like everyone goes, I don't know how to write Superman. That's like the cliche in Hollywood. No one knows how to write Superman. So you write him as a bad guy is not the answer. You know what I mean? Right. It's like saying, I want to make a biopic about Mother Teresa, but it's too obvious. So why don't we make her a bad guy? It's like, hold on, hold on. Right. Although actually it is easy to make her look like a bad guy. But you know what I mean, I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's, you can't... <laughs> depending on, on how you learn about uh, totally. Mother Teresa, it's not it's a but, but I think, I, but, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I think there's this bias against Superman. And then there's this bias against, oh, well, the only way we can deal with Superman is this paradox of him being a god and living on earth now i just watched the animated justice league dark which i i like those wb animated movies sure and that one they immediately establish where superman like they they they, they the way they tackle superman in that one is the villains in this one are magic based and yeah. and john constantine comes in and he goes yeah good luck with superman he can't fight magic he's just right, super strong. right. so it takes him down and, so Superman is not even relevant to this particular story. I'm not saying the answer is to have Superman fight magic people. But, wait, but, but that's a great point. That's a that's a great point. And to Mike's point, just exactly what you described about the truck, like you have to nod, nod, wink, wink to that. Yeah, yeah. You have to, I'm sorry, you need to nod, nod, wink, wink as to where the hell Captain Marvel is for is. Yeah, where which I even think Avengers? the Endgame movies didn't do that well. Well, they blipped like, them, right? <laughs> In this in this story, I'm like I just can't buy any of this because there is definitely more powerful superheroes running around. Well, the, tell me where they are. The biggest one I for agree. me is where's Pepper Potts? She's still the head of Stark Industries. She knows all. She's of these on vacation. People. They were just all say at she's the at funeral. Like a bridal shower. Just make a Wait, note to the why she's not available. 
have we talked about Endgame before? Because like yeah. I have a big problem with yes. Endgame. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we, with the because you you're the one who just dis, totally dismantled the notion of the snap for us. Why does he? Yeah. You kept asking. Well, yeah, why why, why can't it be a part? That's more like my comedy routine. <laughs> what, I, I get. What? I get why they right. did it, but it's just like it's funny they to even, be like. They even talk about Doctor Strange. They even talk about Doctor Strange. Like it's one of they the main three aliens. That was funny. Something. He's the sorcerer. Wizards. Where is he? So then, where? But that's why I like that show. But I I don't mind them. But you're right. I don't mind them compartmentalizing. But there has to be a clever no, way. Right. But like, explain to me like that. There's you know a bigger alien invasion happening, and they all have to go do that. So we're just gonna deal with the as Becky said, amazingly well, the Pokemon is, Go bad guy. Thor is off Earth at the end of Endgame. He goes off with yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of Endgame. So I'm not worried about yeah, Thor. Yeah, that's fine. And with Captain Marvel of... is taking a break or something, right? No, she's, she's in space. So, she doesn't hang say, around Earth. So they all leave. The, I don't want to keep interrupting. No, I just, if, if, if you say there's this huge bad guy that they're fighting, like that new guy, the mask face dude, the hand mask face dude, that's when you call the Avengers. That's the problem, right? As right. soon as you go, right. oh, there's someone with Captain <laughs> right. America's powers, you go, well, we got to call the Avengers. Well, yeah. Like, Everything up till that point, you can argue. We're like, where's like, Hawk- at the point where they know there's at least eight super soldiers <laughs> as strong as Captain America? We're, we're telling me you can't contact like anyone, like anybody. But also, they say it's one of the three bad, three big, like the big three. Well, you just raised the stakes so high that I'm expecting totally. more Avengers to show up. Like that's why I think like I like that it was those two. But wouldn't it have been great to have a scene where it's literally like Falcon, you are an Avenger. You know, like he's talking about his insecurities, talking about his things. So be right. assigned that job. Right. Have so, uh, yeah, uh, the another... same way in the in the second Spider-Man movie, they're like, "You're gonna, uh, Peter Parker, you're gonna deal with this like alien robot thing that's that's coming." Cause yeah, you're, because yeah, because Nick town. Fury, you agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nick Fury, exactly. They're like, "You're the one that's in town. You're gonna deal with it." Like, and so that was like Nick enough. Too. So, um, Gabe Diani, another buddy of the of the of the show, and a suit. By the way, you should if you haven't seen the selling or Diani and Divine meet the apocalypse. Mike, you really should see those movies. They're really all right. I'll check cool out. movies. Um, so Gabe suggested to me though that the um, that the point of Falcon and Winter Soldier, like his hypothesis is Sam coming around to the fact that he is an Avenger and that he is Captain America. Oh yeah, it, no question. That's where we're going. So, so it showed like is, a training montage. So yeah, so this is the journey of him becoming <laughs> Captain America as he became in the as he became in the comic. So so if that's the case, then I feel like Sam's insecurities kind of work. But yeah, it does kind of make and then I feel like it Oh, I love I love that. Granted, I'm only two episodes in, but then I feel like at some point this needs to be, this is a sanctioned Avengers mission. You are yeah, two Avengers and you have right. been assigned they, like, to send, this. Right. They send them like an invisible plane or something or whatever. Yeah. And like get some of the, stuff. and Pepper Pot sends them some gadgets and then they go and they deal with it or can, something. Like, do yeah, they can't give John Favreau like, an hour, like just right, one hour like, on a set. Do a green screen. <laughs> Remember, right. he could just walk over from producing the Mandalorian to their set and just do <laughs> It's like a Ryan Reynolds and Hobbs and Shaw, you know, you're like, oh, he was on set for 25 minutes, you know, like because it's he's only right. in the same location, always on one chat. <laughs> By the way, I loved him in that. He's so such good. a you got one day, uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. Now the Mandalorian, the grand finale Again, curious. of the Mandalorian. Wait, I, well, we oh. never even got to my question. No, I we're going to get your question. Oh, OK. Your question. We're going to your questions like a whole other theme. 
I know. Right. But we're on the topic of the comics. Yeah. I just want to know what you thought about the the finale, the, the final few minutes of the Mandalorian. Did that did that well last time last time we talked, we talked about season one, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. and we talked you talked about the parking, how this guy's the worst it's a, parker. It's the show about parking. And yeah, in season two, the same thing happens like when he parks on the ice problem. <laughs> No, but in the second guess. one, all the all the he has the jetpack that he uses to great effect, and oh, okay. would have made all the first season episodes move. Like nothing, none of the first season would have happened if he had his jetpack. Um, so, and the second oh, season it almost seems like they're they're joking about that because he often does the thing where you're like, if you had a jetpack, this would be really easy, and then he does it. But I would say in that one, like, there's a few. I I, I like that show, and I don't in some ways. But but one of the things at the end, I've got I have more of like a pitch. You know, you know, like I'm always pitching like, what would you do instead? Mike Roberts pitch. The problem with the end of that movie is you can't show Luke Skywalker like that. Because so so here. Tell me, tell me. Oh, tell me. Ended it right. So what if you did Mm -hmm. this instead? It's it's kind of it's basically like last stand on the bridge, right? And then they're gonna die. And the dark troopers. I was in for that. I played dark troopers when I was like a teen. You know, like the first person shooter. And then. So you have the thing happen and you hear this like, you see it, right? But it's 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 a purple lightsaber. It's the green, it's the yellow lightsaber. And you're like, whoa, what's happening? And you just get that like montage of Jedi shredding, right? And then, or no, you sorry, let me start again. You you do the green montage, you do the green lightsaber, everything's getting cut up and you're like, holy shit, is that Luke Skywalker? And then the doors open and it's three like 20-year-old, 18-year-old Jedi. And they walk in, each with a green lightsaber and they're like, oh, and everyone's, you know, the audience is expecting Luke Skywalker. And they're like, what's going on? And they're like, we're here to pick up Goku, right? Or whatever his name is. And um, <laughs> and uh, uh, then they're talking about it. And and it's like, oh, this is amazing. And what what? It, and then they, they take him and they're like, here, who are you taking him to? And they turn around and in the elevator standing Luke Skywalker. So you don't have to have him in it. You don't have to have him acting. The whole point is then you show that he's training a new bunch of Jedi. Right, because this seems like it's just R two D two and Luke Skywalker doing their thing. But how do you tell the audience that he's training uh, an army of new Jedi, which is what he's doing? So you have the 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 recruits rescue Goku, and how do you know that's what he's doing? Because you would have timeline wise, he's trying to start the Jedi Temple. Yeah, so like if if the end of Return of the Jedi, he succeeds now it's like okay jedi are back return of the jedi then in that intervening period he's training jedi, he has to be to. Yes, because that's what we got that's the whole point of kylo ren right like he he messed right. that up so here's what and I you don't say. have to worry about the the face that doesn't quite work so the worst well if they had just put sebastian stan in there everyone would have just been cool the way you and mcgregor well that's another yes absolutely if they'd recast i think people would have had less of a problem with it and and they just need to give it's just the, the Sebastian Stan negotiations have to be happening, and at some point it's just because because Mark Hamill's uh, so I have my pitch. So first of all, I think okay, that, sure. that Luke Skywalker scene was absolutely amazing. It's a hearkening back to the Dark Empire comics where Luke's like walking onto the battlefield and tearing up entire store destruction sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. by himself, and that was in my view Favreau and Filoni making up for the Last Jedi. Like that's them being like, we feel so bad for all of you who just felt so screwed. We're going to give you the Luke Skywalker you already wanted. But also those dark troopers are so strong in the show that you're like, how is the Mandalorian? It it sort of makes the Mandalorian himself just wildly insignificant. Like you're just watching these things being like, what could possibly, like he has no chance. Sure, which I, I like that. Could be like the greatest Jedi ever. So my pitch 
So I loved it, and I love the redemption of Luke. I wish it was Sebastian Stan. My pitch, because <laughs> I still think Mark Hamill is is at his prime. I think he's a better actor now even than he was you know, sure. when he was younger. I have this vision of a Godfather 2 yeah. Luke Skywalker show, to bring it back uh-huh. to the Godfather, where some of the movie is told of old Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. and fleshes out like if we're going to be stuck with this whole story in the last jedi then we need something a lot more meaningful about that makes the, him like like, like just strong. tell the mara jade story just make it just call it luke and mara jade and have young sure. luke falling in love the whole story with the assassin and mara jade and all yeah that. yeah and then have the other piece him older losing mara jade right with his you know with his nephew because because that's the thing is that we don't know who else Kylo Ren killed? Like, if you're sure. fo- if you follow the books, then Kylo Ren killing Mara Jade also would probably send Luke into seclusion. Now, what I also right, right, right. Obi Wan show supposedly, or they're alluding to, is going to show Obi Wan's seclusion, and that's going to also mirror Luke's seclusion. So this like Jedi right. and Yoda had his own Jedi depression. Like the Jedi seem to have a sure. habit of yeah. <laughs> disappearing when they. You know, they, it's but the, Luke, what is it? The tragedy of hope. What is that? What's that term? Oh, the, I, I, what movie was yeah. it in Blade Runner? Oh, <laughs> hope is know. like anyway. But he so but but Luke's supposed to be different. I mean, the big problem is Luke's supposed to be different. We've been sold all this time that Luke's different, which which yeah. is problematic. But the show, the thing I want to watch is a Kylo Ren can't be the only Jedi Luke trained. And sure. they've inserted well, lots of Jedi in retroactively. So you're right. Let's yeah. do that. But if I were making, there's also this like talk that maybe part of Luke's seclusion was also to hide Grogu, right? That it wasn't just about Ray, but that Grogu is oh, his own important character, and that as much as That's he was significant retconning that they're doing then. <laughs> yeah, well, they're making significant that 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 they're because the Jedi are always lying and hiding things and stuff. So so that's not crazy, but I want to see the show that takes place three hundred or, or movie three hundred years in the future. Grogu's now the age of like a young strapping Jedi Yoda. Sure. And but what, so he was just hiding all through the seven, eight, no. nine. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, or or he's been trained somewhere else in some other place, but we're following him and and he's maybe learned under Ray, right? So there we're we're sort of tight, but but we're 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 unburdened by having to we don't have to destroy the Skywalker legacy in order to have a mm-hmm. story that doesn't that isn't about them. And we yeah. have this beloved character who then we can infuse connection back to. That's my general pitch. Yeah, I mean, but this is the thing. You know, just just as an aside, can I quickly just say, like the the idea that you have to do a thing for the audience as a favor is, I think, mm-hmm. the number one thing that ruins movies. So, like, I'll give you an example for sure. Because I watched it last night in in uh, um, <laughs> what's the uh, Force Awakens. Okay. Han Solo takes Chewbacca's crossbow and fires it and goes i love this thing which is the most annoying fan service <laughs> i think i've ever seen because you're telling me that in the 50 years these guys have been pals he's right. never tried he's never, his he's never borrowed it <laughs> yeah like if if anything he'd be like this thing is so stupid would have been such a better line for why does this have a crossbow would be you know because like i will say like my pitch for solo is that he didn't understand him for the whole movie right like that's like I think as soon as they made Han Solo and Chewbacca able to speak to each other at the beginning of Solo, the movie oh. was over. It was never going to be a good movie. So <laughs> it, it, learning to communicate is that movie. So 
Um, but having that crossbow, it should have been like a point of contention. This is the dumbest thing ever. And then you have a character moment that you're not under, like one of the things I don't like about, I think he's a great actor who played Finn. Um, Oh my God, his oh, name. John Boyega. John Boyega. John Boyega. I think he's an amazing actor. Like, Pack a Block, one of my favorite movies. Oh, like, that's such a great movie. It's a great movie. But he does not play a stormtrooper. He plays a guy who gave up being a stormtrooper 10 years ago. So where's the obsessiveness? Where's the... Like, these guys are brainwashed. So when he's right. in the cockpit shooting, going, woohoo, you know, which is very much audience avatar stuff. They need him to be excited. It doesn't play the moment of this guy having a panic attack and changing his entire worldview right it can't be the first time he thought of this so right. what i mean to say is like you have to play these movies like the reality of the moment and every time you have a character go oh man i wish i had a thing you know like i wish i this is so fun it's like yeah you're not a kid in a toy store and that's what that ends up feeling like and i think when movies do that in general which is exactly why i hated captain america using thor's hammer because it was uh, just for the audience. It was just to like, what haven't we done yet? What haven't we seen? Yet? What are the audience going to go? They're literally running out of ideas. <laughs> That's what it feels don't like. Know, yeah. Because I, how much better would it have? I think I said it last time. He should have just even been able to pick it up an inch off the ground and lob it to Thor in Endgame. Would have been so much more meaningful than him all of a sudden being Hammer Man. It didn't Wait, make any but sense. But isn't the whole thing with the hammer that like, if you're worthy, you can hold it? Or no, you just have to be like a god. No, no, you have to be it. worthy. No, you... I, and I'm told, but I feel like even moving it off the ground implies your worth. But I do not like the idea that there's another Thor potentially. That's a bad choice. Well, me. then you're not going to like the next Thor movie because that's like <laughs> the whole plot of it. But I don't Isn't mind it? if someone becomes Thor. If he didn't okay. know how to use it, if he threw it, it's just this whole like Captain America acting like Thor just felt like it just didn't work for me because it just doesn't feel like we're not making anything special anymore. It's, it's the lesson from Incredibles. If everyone's special, no one is. Yeah. you know oh, very cool all right becky has, i just hit those kind of moments becky has a huge line of questioning for you well okay. it's actually funny we were touching on it in the pre-show which is i'm curious as someone who directs and creates animation animated shows um do you what do you think of children's anim of kids animation today um do you feel like it's a step up from when you were a kid, when we were younger? Um, I actually might, and uh, I can't, I can't see the second half of the question I wrote down because my computer is half frozen. So, but I remember that was the first half of it, Jive. You could read the second. So, uh, is it a step up? It seems like the quality is a big deal. It seems like oh, right, because if you quality look at is important, but like so, so, but I want to, I want to ask Becky, are you talking about? Corey Carson and Peppa, Peppa Pig. Are you talking about Avatar: The Last Airbender versus Transformers? Right. Like, what, 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 what things are you? Because if I'm talking about like or Pixar or like like yeah. Soul, like there's no. So I'm much talking about so I'm talking broad. about TV shows. I'm not talking about like I'm not talking okay. about like the biggest budget animated films. I'm talking about yeah. You're still gonna have like the very simple animation, but I'm talking about like I think there's a a lot of yeah, Corey Carson, even this new one we've been watching in our house, Alien TV, Dragon Prince, things like that, where right. it seems that the, to me, like the quality of the storytelling and the actual effects, like the actual CG is, I know, I'm curious what you think about it in general, if you like what your opinion on it is. Has, has Mike seen Alien TV? 
Mike, I haven't seen Alien TV, too. no. Alien TV I, is an I, instant I, hit of all ages. Becky, I, all right, I, watch watch I think it's Canadian right. made on Netflix. I, I really do. Uh, I really all right, do I like love it, all right. that one. Is Anyways, it like an anthology set, show or something? Set, like, is it just it watching up, shows right? on an alien thing? It's, it's about these three tiny little green aliens uh-huh. who are essentially like a news documentary crew that have been sent to okay. Earth to document all the different weird earthling oh it's amazing habits and and going like getting it like getting a haircut getting a haircut you know going skiing like all sorts of funny things wrestling like all these things and they have to like make these little news documentary shows that then like play back on their alien planet that they report on but they speak in alien so in the show they're not talking in a language you can understand it all has to it all has to read just from the animation and the the performance yes Right. And that's so the, great. And at the very end of each episode, there's like a 15 second clip where they're where you see their news report and it's dubbed <laughs> over in English. So they're speaking an alien with like a, a dubbing. Um, and a it's dubbing. like, did they get it right or wrong? That's really right. funny. And they always, I mean, they always get it wrong. That's the I mean, like, yeah, when yeah, it's, yeah. or their interpretation of the strange it, it, it's things. A, totally it's wrong. a lot like Uncle Traveling Matt from the Fraggles. If you remember, there was the one Fraggle who was out in the world who was yeah, the main character's yeah, uncle, and he'd yeah, report back dispatches. about like. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my god, um, Fraggle Rag's so good. But yeah, I'm just I I just what what what's your opinion on? Because there's also well, so like, much of it. There is so much sure. more now than when we were kids. So like much. it's an overwhelming amount of animated children's content. Well, I think Carmen San Diego comes to mind as like the example of something that like could have been shitty and decided to elevate the look you know like i think they've made absolutely no compromises on making a cool looking show on a show that didn't need it you know you could have just put it into any theater and Mm -hmm. sent it out the other end or even Corey carson is is, you know uh Mm -hmm. i I appreciate that you have connection to it but i it's something that's easy to talk about with you because it's such a high level for what it is and and i and i don't think it's unnecessary i think that that production quality like resonates so i will say like you have to scale your look to the budget and you could, that's why Peppa Pig's so smart because it's not an expensive show to make. So there was a lot of, you could really invest in a show like that. Whereas Corey Carson, like it better be good because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> otherwise everyone's like pretty pissed off, you know, and it is, right. so luckily everything's fine. But like, um, but I think, so, so it's talking about, because I think I mentioned it before and you, we haven't, you haven't seen it. So it's not worth talking about in the execution of it, but like Invincible. I have a thing with Invincible where it on, looks on Amazon, like right? Kid's Amazon. It looks like a kid's WB show. So how is an adult oh. supposed to know? Right. right. Until you yes. get to, until you have the parents show their kid and then it gets to an unbelievably gory, way crazier than any anime ending to the episode that traumatizes a kid forever. So it's not so for how children. You, it's not for children in the slightest. But it also has things where, I know this is going to sound, it's not about this, so it's hard to talk about. They like go into a change room and they're very like careful about nudity. But the meanwhile, they're blowing heads up and swearing. And I don't mean, I'm not saying you should have that in there, but you can't, these visual inconsistencies where your tone is all over the place. Well, that's American values just in general. We're highly, highly prude about like, sex, like, you know, about like sex. But like, we can go into a room and just... You but know, isn't that doing you, the audience a favor if you if you tell them this is not for kids? And I feel like not. I feel like making it look like literally like Young Justice is a a, a, a weird thing that your job is, right? Like you you are saying with Corey Carson, this is a really cute 
delicate, rich world with characters that inhabit it that are toys, but you can touch them or whatever. You know, that, that has that sort of aesthetic of being able to touch mm-hmm. them. Um, same with, uh, uh, what was the other one? The uh, Korra. Korra to me is like mm. a Western anime. And there's no, there's no, that style fits it perfectly. It doesn't, and it also doesn't look like Saturday morning WB, you know? So like, how do you, uh, to me, it's about making sure that your look matches. Like it's like South Park. South Park's a perfect example of that. Any, any more effort than South Park and you've wasted your money. So I always think like, it's, it's about the story you're trying to sell. Like, like troll hunters or I'm trying, what was the other, you guys had an example of high-end CG just mentioned. Um, troll, um, troll hunters, dragon prints. Maybe dragon prints or whatever. Airbender, like that, but dragon that's prince is 2D, but it's pretty amazing. It's like anime right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty high-end for, yeah. But that to me TV is shows. saying, telling you what it wants to be. So that, that I think is the most important part. I don't like Puff and Rock. That's a great looking kid show. Have you seen that one? It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's good or not. I really I mean, like, like I just, I I just yeah. watched an episode Aste- of it. The aesthetics are really nice. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. But there's, so, like, there's, a, there's another show called Trash Truck, which <laughs> I think aesthetically, it's just very a sweet, like slow, just this little kid who lives in like an area where he must have like a huge like backyard more like a rural area and there's a trash truck that just comes and like hangs out with him and they do different and there's like a a, a bear is it a bear and then a <laughs> raccoon were also <laughs> around there and they're like friends with it's him perfect. but it's just like a very mellow show and the i think the aesthetic is beautiful yeah, I, 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 I just don't remember just, I, I it adds animated so shows being so beautiful or interesting or elevated when we were kids. But but I spend a lot of sure, time yeah. on on these websites and and YouTube channels that track the history of toys and animation, and like they weren't the '80s cartoons were like a big chunk of them were just bought by a company in the United States from Japan mm. and they would not even find out what the script was like Voltron Voltron is just they yeah. got the animation and then they wrote their mm-hmm. own script for it they didn't even bother yep. translating it they didn't spend the money on it um the Ari, my kid loves that show the Transformers <laughs> show He-Man they were all made for selling toys now I think they were still great shows but because the priority was on selling the toys they would ship them off to go get made they'd come back with all sorts of crazy mistakes so what shifted the priorities better tech technology better creatives I, I, higher I, demands like I, I i think first of all they don't use the, the the laws changed i believe what you can market to kids changed and so yeah, that's true that changed in the mm-hmm. 80s or 90s and uh, maybe the 90s Can't brainwash them and oh so now you're so the laws <laughs> changed but not in our house where my brother has brainwashed my five-year-old to like needing a new transformers toy every two days <laughs> Well, yeah, we ran into that a little bit. I buy Not the with old, Transformers. But I buy Lily, the old trans, Lily, there's no more room in Shai's house to walk. You have to like clear a path through the house. <laughs> this is another sore spot. It just I boxes to, of Transformers for this, your child. This is another sore spot. Mom, one of the reasons why there's not a lot of room in mom and dad's guest room is that there's a whole it's just Transformers. Like, there's a whole waiting, section waiting that's for my but so so there was that change. But I think I think toys just aren't sold like. It seems like the 80s and 90s toy crazes, like there there isn't a, a desire for action figures. Kids have Pokemon cards, they have video games. You're not using the, you, you if you're going to have a show, it has to be a show now. But I also yeah, like- that is I like, a big change. Right, and I like what, what Mike, you were saying that in if you're going to put something out there that's going to use, you know, the CG and tech and at its best, the stakes are high. You better also deliver a great story. Sure. 
Yeah. And I, I think you make a really good point there. And I, um, anyways, I just, I it's great, the tech- great to hear thoughts on it. No, because I, I didn't mean to be dismissive about the technology. Like, I think that's a, that's a big thing where it mm-hmm. allows for people who essentially would get bored making Transformers and G.I. Joe over and over again to like be able to, you know, like, like Corey Carson's a great example, right? Like in the eighties, they would have just sent it to the factory that made Transformers. Right. So because you have passionate artists working on it that you literally know, like the the idea that they can then execute something that they're proud of. I think there's a I think there's a pride of being an adult who grew up on that stuff where we want to make it as good as we remember it, even though at the time, the I think the creators were maybe Dungeons and Dragons nerds who were like, this is my chance to tell this story that didn't even almost exist before. So so I think it's just whatever they I think the as yeah, it's like anything as, as we get. It's like the the Beatles made it so that you know you had to be a production band. Now every band's a production band. You know, there's no like yeah. live act so, essentially. So I think it's just I, compounding. The guy mm-hmm. who the guy yeah. who is the showrunner, I think it's the showrunner on the Voltron show for Netflix. I don't know. If sure, you've seen yeah, it. it's a great. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. a really good show. My kids love it. Um, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I believe he's quoted saying something to the effect of. I made the show that I remembered Voltron being. Right. I'm not I, remaking I Voltron. Fair. I think I'm. You I think if you watch that, that, that's exactly how it feels. It's like I'm like, yeah, this is what Voltron was like, but it's actually not what yeah. it was like. It's just a no, good version of it. Um, I, my son, we he watched Ready Player One yesterday or the other day, and like I've never mm-hmm. seen him react so positively to a movie, and oh, it just really? makes me talk about how yeah, it was crazy. Go he was screaming. And, and really, but I, I was kind of soft on it for a lot of it, but I also like because this is actually something to talk, to say. When I was talking earlier about like asking you guys, like I've become date like bizarrely aware of things aren't being made for me. Right. And I know that sounds stupid, but I think we all have to understand that like, and maybe I'm just narcissistic, but like I I can't ass- assign a value to something because of whether I like it or not. You know, <laughs> so like to me, like, like, um, that's why I try really hard not to be cynical when I talk about stuff. And that's where like, cause I feel like, especially with working in kids TV, you hear a lot of people talk about how like kids don't or do understand stuff and they understand everything. It's just how you deliver the message. Right. So like, and, but I think there's a lot of cynicism in kids TV that implies you, that kids are dumb or, and I don't think that's right. Kids are inexperienced. They're naive. I think, I think they rise to the occasion. So I, sure. I, I, I think if you think about the, as much as you can say, there were shoddy things about the shows that we watched. When you think of, Dungeons and Dragons, GI Joe, um, Transformers. There were some heavy, dark, yeah, weird stuff that we yeah. watched as kids. And I deeply believe, and this is why I like Airbender, uh, mm-hmm. Dragon Prince, Voltron, Troll Hunters. For my kids that are again are a little bit older, because I'm like, yeah, it's they kids will rise to the occasion. I firmly believe sure. kids will rise to the occasion, and 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 I think that that's that. It's important to be. I think I'm holding on to the fact that we're in the last throes of things being marketed towards us from a nostalgia standpoint. Uh, (laughs) Well, there's going to be then. There's going to have to be the next wave. Like it's going to be like all BTS spoof shows and like you know what I mean. Like (laughs) it's going to be. Oh God. (laughs) It's going to be. Well, I mean that happened a little bit with YouTube, right? Where for for like six months, like every YouTube star had a TV deal, and then like only a few. Like Olin was one of the few that actually like was able to parlay that into a full series on final space, you know? So it's like, it's really hard to know what that next thing is going to be. Cause maybe it will just be TikTok. Like maybe, maybe we're hitting peak TV. Like I sometimes oh, nice. think about that. Like they're buying so much that we can only, well, like eventually the stock market crashes, right? So when do they start making less stuff? Cause 
because it's like it's funny we're talking about superhero fatigue sorry i'm just going i don't want to go off on a tangent well because i was going to ask like, my reaction to my reaction to WandaVision is like, and by the way, like one of my friends, Cam was a writer on and he wrote one of my favorite episodes of the series, but like he, um, I'm just saying like, I, 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 uh, I respect the the process. So when I say this, I don't want to sound cynical, but like to me, I wanted to see the version. Did you guys see the Wanda, WandaVision? Uh, we, We've well, only I'm seen the first then. three episodes. Oh, well <laughs> the then we, let's not talk thing. about that. Okay. You need to see the whole thing for, for otherwise my, I won't have a point. It'll just be talking into the air, but we'll talk about it next time. But, um, but anyway, I just think like, I think we're gonna like, have to make a put a pin in that, make a note that. Yeah, and, no, because I'm personally deeply overwhelmed by the amount of content to choose from, and I it makes me feel like no matter what show I pick to watch, it's the wrong choice, and I get very well, stressed. You, you gotta go deep inside and take my suggestions. But I also, sure, but I just still feel like I'm. I just feel like I'm missing out on something. It's like when you go to a restaurant and the menu is too big, and no matter what you choose, you think, "Well, yeah. maybe I should have ordered that other thing." Do what I do. I have that. Order I everything food. you want. I don't have enough time to eat everything. <laughs> there are not enough hours in the day, and I get really bad well, acid reflux. Let's go to a. Uh, I can, can I wait? Should you tell me what, what's what's? Am I changing the format here? If I like, no, say you get so. to. No, you're, you're part of the family. Yeah. Like, like, the format is you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, what about have you have you then watched Ted Lasso? Oh, yes, yes, that was the best show of 2020. Yes, I've only, by the way, like... I feel bad I haven't caught up on the podcast since when you Don't completely worry. crystallized the format for me when you did the like psychologist talking to you guys. I thought that was like <laughs> the best episode I'd heard. But um, <laughs> That's uh, I, 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 I hear some of it, but I I apologize if I haven't if I missed Darn the Ted Lasso episode. <laughs> no, that's because fine. that one is. I think there are objective. And I, and I think that one's an objective good. It's yeah. like, you don't have to love it, but you can't be like, maybe I'm wrong though. But like, no, I just I am not like a single person. Positivity I, not my, so unless there's like some form of like, I was worried because I was like, unless Ted Lasso becomes a zombie and starts eating people's heads, my husband's not going to watch this show. Okay. So, <laughs> and I would say that like, he kind of was watching it in the background and, and then slowly started like sitting down with us. And then, like, by halfway through, he was, like, coincidentally making his tea in the evening right on time as we were watching it. And then by the mm-hmm. end, he was, like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. dead. It, just, it gets and, everyone. And, it just gets and I was, everyone. like, oh, my God. This is the show. Even well, you. It, it also has the so. thing where I started doing the deep dive on the actors. Did you know that? I think his name's Brett Goldstein, the mm-hmm. guy who plays Roy Kent, who's my he's, favorite character in that show. He's one of the He writers. has a podcast. He's, he's a podcast? Yeah, and yeah, he has a podcast called Movies When You're Dead. There's movies you take with you or whatever. And he just asks people like a list of what their favorite movies are. It's like, what's the best? What's the worst? What's the sexiest? What's the most violent? What's the scariest? It's pretty good. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. And he's a, he was a writer, right? On yeah, yeah, he got his own so. show. Yeah, that the, yeah, yeah no, so that show that show to me, and that was one that was recommended by. I swore I would never get an Apple Plus subscription, and then I had enough people tell me that that show was good that I said, okay, okay, I have, I have my the Apple forced the free subscription on me, so I'll just watch it. And that yeah. was the that was the best that was the best show I saw all last year. It was fantastic. no, for sure, and it was it's such an example of positivity and and lack of cynicism and like. You know, but mm-hmm. I even loved like he had the panic attack. Like it did all the things that made it feel honest. You know, like it wasn't. He did have weakness. Right. He did. You know, it's it just. I don't know. That, that's, that that's one doesn't me... turn into a parody. That one doesn't turn into a parody. It stays it the course of a, of a. Yeah, but it stays right. the course of a real show. 
right? Sure. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I it's, think it's, it pivots to a real show, like from yeah. a parody. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah like, exactly. Yeah. Like, it gives you the Parks and Rep vibes, but it's not a like it's not the Office where like it's not it's or or Parks and Rec where you're where you're. It's more like it reminds me more of Shit's Creek where. Yeah, these, these people kind are, of are are really kind of in this world, and oh no, this is a real story about people, and they're gonna grow, and they're gonna learn things, and it's gonna be unsuitable. also like if they had won the whole thing or whatever at the end, it would have just ruined it. Totally, you know it was I mean? super honest like, in the way that it played out, it, it, and it leaves room for more seasons, like yep. where, like. At the end of the first season of Shit's Creek, if they get their money back, then there's no show. Look, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't, I, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a pretty big grenade here. I think the first season of Ted Lasso suggests that Ted Lasso, when all is said and done, will be a better show than Friday Night Lights. Well, that's the whole thing. Is like, so the obvious trajectory is they go down a level, then they come up a level, they then they level, win. Right. You know, and then they win. So, like, because mm-hmm. this next season, they're not, they can't, no matter what happens, unless they do, right, they maybe they'll do a half because... season. Unless, like, unless they, right. they can make them win the premiership halfway through the season, which seems rushed. So it's that at least three rushed. seasons yeah. of down, up, up, up. right? Like, because they're right. they're down next season, they have to come. So, like, there's the trajectory that they're playing, they're, that we already are expectations they're going to win at the end, right? Like, they because they made the right, right. choice now. So the th- end of season three is they win the... The exactly world, not the world the cup thing. the european cup yeah so like anyway i just think that's really fun like they've 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 built the premise in that now you can't care too much about them winning the game because right, that was right. the first really about they win. or about the 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 growth of the characters if you look at um um oh my god J- jamie is jamie jamie oh yeah. man he's there's you know, it's, the first time i watched through i must have gone to the bathroom or something and not paused it because you know the scene where he sees the guy's dad yelling at him? He goes, he's going to go and say yeah. something mm-hmm. to him. And then his dad hits him. I missed that the first time. And like something oh. was missing. And then when you see that scene, you're like, holy yeah. shit. It turns that yeah, character yeah, from yeah. like a shithead into like, okay, well, I need to see what, I need to see more. Mm-hmm. And that and, kind of, those kinds of moments are so important. Well, also, the- I feel like if, sorry, if we, if we like um, Ka- Kaylee, 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 right? If we like Keely, Keely, if we like her, then Keely, if we like her, well, then Jamie has to have something redeeming because she wouldn't have been with him. Like I was like, oh, like that's a really bad thing for her because he's the worst. But that, what we saw in that scene, obviously she sees or deals with there's something i agree with you completely it gave it validated everything we'd seen but i thought what they were doing because earlier on they had really sweet interactions between them which i thought was like in your it was still fluff and it's so it needed what you're saying but they like they went out of their way to say these people have a lot of charisma they have a lot of chemistry but then you're right Right. there's no that's not enough so it's really nice that you they finished his character out at the end of the season because man when he that actor too like you got to give him a lot of credit remember when he reads the note from ted lasso and it says like way to kick it over to the dude or whatever yeah he looks at it he goes then he goes then he looks from side to side to see if anyone saw him vulnerable and then kind of like you know it's i mean talk about doing two pages of dialogue with three looks you know like that's where, whoever, however they pay that, however much that actor gets, it's like, well, it was worth it. 
That's great. I love That's a good that, point. That, that 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 is that is really great. That's a great breakdown of Ted Lasso. So Mike, on the subject of Ted Lasso or other things you like, what have been some of your big quarantine shows? What do you recommend to people? Well, stuff with my son and we've been watching it's like I have to recommend just because like it got uh, it made a 10 year old sit, you know sit with us for hours and hours and hours is Fresh Prince of Bel Air's better than you remember and worse than you remember right so then, accurate i love rewatching that show yeah like i feel like like i'm, I'm speaking so i'll, I'll oh this is a great segue then because ted lasso spends a weird amount of time talking about how much he loves the carlton dance like that's the longest joke he tells in the whole series so like when he's he's saying Al, Al, alfonso ribeiro is the genius like that's my takeaway from watching fresh prince again is that he's, <laughs> the, he's actually the hero like he the is. work he's doing Rewatching it has made me question greatly, like why didn't we yeah, see so much should, more of him? Should have had his own show. It's well, crazy. It would have been because, an easy lock. Well, I think it's because it was back in the day when it was so hard to go from being a TV actor to a movie star, sure. you know, or like onto that next show. Or supporting like to a different, front. Yeah, like that's like nineties series no you're right you're absolutely that's probably mm-hmm. exactly what it is because like he's mm-hmm. and even when you see him on like he, like my son loves america's funny some videos and he's the host he's still i mean he's really cheesy but he's good so that's a <laughs> that's a big one and then uh seinfeld is sort of as good as it ever was i rewatched know, the whole me. thing with my a lot of not a lot of it with, with my kids but a chunk of it with my kids and that yeah. show actually to me i like it more than i ever did in the 90s yeah like now yeah I feel, like, I feel it at a much deeper level than i did that and then I also, we were watching the Golden Girls and I don't know how as a kid I watched it because it's so somber and dark and it's sort of tone and subject matter. I watched it every day after school. Me too, absolutely. It's not a, is it a kid's show? Is this show a no, kid's show? No, I don't no, it's think It's like so. very much kid, Why do kids show. love it? Do they I don't know, their I think it was just on. I don't we forced think about it. We were forced it. to watch it. Think Cable forced it. us to watch it. It, it was yeah, a I watched sex it every day. positive show about the elderly with real yeah. old people, right? Like those yeah. are not... Like we're and not someone's dying about, in every episode or yeah, the threat and, of death. And and, and there it's not like they're like Sofia Vergara is an elderly person, right? Like these which, are which they would do old, now. Right, She'd these, be playing like the great grandmother. Exactly. Like yeah. these are old women. Right. The grandmother is the youngest one, right? Estelle Getty. That was always the thing. Estelle was, Getty was the right, youngest one of the whole group. Of the, of the and group. that show was so popular, but there was not one three and then four shows in its universe because you had yeah golden girls followed by yep. empty nest and empty nest which i nurses which was a spinoff of yeah. the it was a spinoff of empty nest all yeah, took yeah. place in the same universe and then golden girls became golden palace oh i like, forgot about that that's yeah. what a powerhouse yeah. show that show was i know it's crazy how big it was and you know what's weird the weirdest thing to me is it's still in the sd transfer it's the worst quality show i've ever seen for broadcast <laughs> like they had like everything else has been remastered but that one like you're watching those seinfeld episodes they're like redone for digital um oh wait and then what was the other thing uh oh uh ready player one is a brilliant kids movie that's what i'll say so like maybe i'm not saying i, I saw it recommend as an it for adult adults. and i didn't love it maybe i gotta go back and watch it with the kids you have to watch it with a kid brain because like he's like i love this it's a their fetch quest so, and like essentially every criticism uh, of the movie he thought was great right <laughs> i i exactly i watched it with my uh brother-in-law who's younger than me and um it, it's a book am i right is that right? True? yeah it was a oh, super famous it was like it was, the martian right right it's so a cult book right he had read the book and is a huge video game player and i literally yeah. like it was like a 
an interactive experience. Like the only reason I like the movie is because I watched it with him. And I, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, had I not watched this movie with you, this would be the worst movie I've ever seen. But he was like so into it and so excited that it made me really like it. Well, so. you know what's funny about that too is like uh, maybe, and I don't know if you guys have had the same experience, but I this is one of the epiphanies we've come to very too late in life. I think the movies that you really like often come down to three things that happen in the movie that resonate with you. And then those are the things that make you either forgive the bad or the things that make it stick in your memory. So like mm-hmm. performance or a moment or like, you know, the Princess Bride has so it's quotable, like the things that make people love movies are about like hitting those sweet spots of those moments. You know, like I remember like the, the original Superman movie has so many of those for me. So like what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like a movie like Ready Player One it gets sure it gets garbled and the end is really like some molasses yeah. like it's just gets stuck yeah. in the mud so bad the weird once Willy they kind of come ending. to the real world yeah right. which i actually like yeah. the really wonk ending like getting there like once you're there it's okay but like the 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 that last act when they're running around it's and it's the real world and it's not it's super messy and it definitely never feels like he's supposed to be in the real world but it's still in the simulation but they've set up that the simulation looks different than the real world so how can this be a thing and then Anyway, but you, he, he was like, fetch quest. Oh, I love that car race. Ooh, you know, so you realize there's some real like gen- genuine uh, brain in, in coming up with these moments, which goes back to Zack Snyder is he definitely makes moments that you can remember. Cause I remember that Superman, the Superman looking at the flash makes that movie 10% better. So if you did that every 15 minutes, you've got a great movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a thing <laughs> to remember because like one of my favorite movies of the last little while is um, Man from Uncle. I always go back to it. And it's a mo- really? mo- movie of moments. I, I love that movie so much. It feels like, um, <laughs> okay, I ha- this is my bad movies that I love, but like, oh, the, the last one I'll say, and then uh, I want to hear from you guys, but like, the because I'm taking up too much time, but the, the no, Blade not. Runner 2044 is a modern masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Becky's a, I, I, every time Becky, I watch you're a big it, fan of that, or Lily's a big fan, the Denis Villeneuve. Well, we, I'm, 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 a a big, Villeneuve I'm a very big Denis Villeneuve fan, but the way I feel about, and I've seen it like one and a half times, yeah. but I think that where the movie ends is where the story should have started. And that's my, totally. and that's, that's that. my problem that. with it is that it's, it's stunning to watch, but essentially like the, the ending is to me the story. I'm like, oh, that's what the story is supposed to be. I'd Got like to see it. that. Can I see that story now? Because that's what I would, that's the that story. For the, that's like the last two and a half hours of the story I wish I had just seen. So can I yeah. say, as beautiful as can it is. you watch it one more time? I will. Because I, I had to watch it three times. The third time I watched it, I was like, I'm so in. But I, like putting I saw like it in theaters and I, I thought it was beautiful when I watched it. Um, and I just generally enjoy um, Denny Villeneuve's filmmaking. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm nervous Dune. about Dune. Really I was I, I, but I, I'm viewer. for that reason. No, Sorry. I'm so excited. I, I'm, I'm, I just, I just yeah. feel like I have far to fall from my expectation because no. <laughs> that dune is a slog man like even the books like there's good shit in there yeah. but it's not like it's not talked it's was, not the martian no and the book like kind of like and even like when i read the book i was like i think i'm following what this is about but this is pretty weird i need someone yeah, to like show me what weird. this is so i'm excited it feels like a pervy nerdy lord of the rings that's yeah, how like dune <laughs> always felt because it's lord like, of the rings like, is not nerdy at all? No, but Dune no, is well, really no, on I, another level. Dune it's is like, on another level. Yeah. Yeah. 
Dune is doubling down on the nerdiness because I agree. Like I, I don't have a lot of space for fantasy. That's my genre. I'm not into. Like I just can't do it. It's horror and Mm -hmm. fantasy. But I love the Lord of the Rings movies. But every time they're like, "You have done great, young Hobbit," I'm like, "Oh God, oh God, okay, I can can do this. I can do this. I can do this." All right, we're back. We're back. He's got a sword. All right, let's do this. You know, like. But I think those movies are brilliant. I just need to like, you know, like like whenever I hear, how do I say? Like I'm not a sports guy. And I feel like sports and Dungeons and Dragons are the same because I have a lot of peers who play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. And I always think they're doing something cooler and just not telling me. <laughs> so it's like, wait, you're actually going to play Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, oh I thought you were doing drugs or something. That is, I know, I don't, you know. But that's so anyway, so but that's, my, that's my problem. That's my problem, not the problem with the genre. Uh, that, those, are, those are all amazing choices. Um, Lily. What, what what are you what are you up to what are what are you watching what's on your mind um falcon and <laughs> and the many captain americas because at this point i'm like they all should have the shield um if you had finished watching civil war like i asked you however many years ago then you'd know more what's going on i really like he was war. bad like and that. now he's good that i got the <laughs> that's the plot you're right yeah yeah you you understand um um, Cap never but... gave up on him. Cap, exactly. Cap <laughs> oh man, so that line when he says Falcon Winter Soldier, he says if, if he's wrong about you, he's wrong, about, wrong me. about me. Yeah. Again, yeah. just those moments. I'm back. I'm in. Mm-hmm. It feels great again. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's true. And also the actors are great. Like they're fun to yeah. watch. Um, they are. That's fun the only to watch. reason WandaVision works. Sebastian Stan can sell it. You know. Right. If right, you look exactly. at the way, what's um. The actress who's the lead, Olsen, uh, Olsen. 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 Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen. She Olsen. is. Elizabeth Olsen. It is just like watching people act at that level is really compelling, right? Because she's doing she's a lot fantastic. of hard work. Yeah, and, and same with and Paul like amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. It just feels like you're watching the moment, which is really exciting. That's why acting is such a X factor. Anyway, sorry. No, no. Um, so then we, um, as a family, on multi and place different places watched um debris the this new show um which is sci-fi and i feel it's from the same producers as fringe which is awesome and this is good but i'm also like i've been here before and like if it doesn't start i think we're on episode like three now like if it doesn't start giving me something more to work with i'm not sure i'll be able to follow uh, i like love jonathan tucker but fringe right away is so weird and haunting that you're like what right is gonna happen? did you ever finish i mean i'm yeah, definitely that's true. That show, that i'm show definitely no, watching it for jonathan tucker and i would say it's like good very emotional aliens in this show like the <laughs> aliens are yeah, they're very well. I mean, it's very sensitive. I, I appreciate that it's a slightly different take. It's the yeah. aliens are very, very, yeah. A lot of their powers and their interaction is based on. I feel like it's definitely grief. doing an arrivals sort of thing with right. it, you know? Exactly, which is that is one of my favorite movies. Good. Ever. Yeah, that's, I love that. Lily, movie. what about Patriot? Have you watched episode? Have you watched the the best episodes of the I, show yet? Five, six, seven, I, like or five, six, and seven. I'm sure this has happened to Mike, but like. I feel like, I mean, Mike, you're married. Um, that <laughs> when you met your wife, like I have butterflies. 
Like I love this content and this this these two shows so much that like it huh. worries me a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like I have a feeling. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of the Patri- I haven't seen Patriot it. by Steve Conrad? No. And then it stars his brother Chris Conrad. Who's so I got to watch it, I guess. And then Perpetual this Grace Limited is also amazing. Is amazing, and uh, huh. Perpetual Grace. I I had to end up buying it on iTunes because I just had no way to see it. <laughs> Um, and I and I think it's visually beautiful, like the cinematography and the colors and everything. And so yeah. I, I just I was like, I want to see it like beautifully on my TV. Um, so I bought it because it's on a network called Epics, which I yeah, don't yeah. know what that is. Isn't that um, weird? Then, Outlander. My wife watches Outlander. No, that's, no, no, stars. that's stars. That's on stars. She watches Outlander. It's she, she didn't come to bed. Like uh-huh. she watched yes. it for like thirty six hours straight. Like I'm not. She yes. slept for two hours a night. Yes, thank you. We oh, yeah. I watched amazing. one season of that for my sisters. Just tell her we're all Love. suffering in the Droughtlander. We feel her. You know what's you know what's funny about that show to me too is I I think that's exactly in that category of it's not for me. But but like the value of it is still an A plus. Here's plus, plus, the if thing. That makes any sense. The people who it is for, it is everything, and you no, that's what I mean. I not for you, or it is all for you. There's no, no in between. Like sometimes oh, it's my problem. That shows my problem. That's you know, like problem. I, like I, I right. Uh, and Shy's problem too. I was texting with a friend the other day, and and she was like, "Oh, you know something about Outlander?" And I was like, "Oh, you watch Outlander?" And she's like, "Yeah, how do you think I had my first kid?" And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it. You know what's funny is there's like, some version of that conversation emoji. is worked into every interaction I've heard my wife have with people <laughs> about Outlander. Yeah, no kidding. Why do you think we like it? I, I, but I mean, that's amazing. What I, I I just love when a show has that kind of like effect. It's so great. Physical, literally a physical effect. Um, but but back to Patriot for a second. Like this, it's sort of like I feel like it has been. I've said this before on the pod, so Becky and Cher are probably tired of hearing it. Keep saying it. No, I'm never going to be tired of you complimenting these shows because people have to watch these shows. uh, I feel like it's been so long since I've seen something that I can like sink my teeth into that makes me think and laugh and feel and enjoy the shots and like enjoy the like the the creation of it as well because I feel like you can like a lot of stuff that's just not made well but it's great and they didn't have a budget and they couldn't I do not know what budget they gave they could not have given um the Steve Carner the creator a huge budget but he, I feel like he doesn't need one. He is like able to make incredibly cool things. Um, and he does all the music and he writes a lot of the, the songs in the shows. Um, he created a band. And so the, for the, the, the show Perpetual Grace. Um, so it's a very like a, a auteur situation where he's involved in all aspects of it. Um, and his brother is an actor in the show. Um, in both shows. Um, so uh, Patriot has season one and season two on Amazon Prime. And it is weird. I am, this is not mainstream No, no, stuff. it sounds great. Yeah. Uh, but it's the Coen Brothers, a little Tarantino, that oh. kind of oh, vibe. Oh, I gotta see that. Um, oh, yeah. That's like I slept weird. on Fargo, for, and, and I shouldn't have. Like, that show's way better oh, than the show. Oh, yeah, show's great. Yeah. The show's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, totally yeah, that's agree. probably, like, something, that'll be a good thing for me to go to next um but anyways all that to say that if i, I want to like spread the love with this show it is weird it takes a bit to get into but um That's worth okay. it i think it's worth it 
So Patriot and Perpetual Grace. Since since we are running out of time, I will run yeah, down the things. Yeah, I do have to go things. soon-ish. I'm, I'm going to run down the things that I'm watching. Becky and I and our spouses watched Bad Trip last night with Eric Andre, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, and Lil Rel Howery. <laughs> I haven't laughed that hard in a movie all year. Eric like, Andre we were laughing so hard we were crying and you know what i like about eric andre is you can't deny it like it's like he's it's like it's like sometimes you're like i don't know is this guy funny and then he's just working so hard you're like okay he's hilarious it was what was great about it is that it's a movie that that threads a regular plot in with a hidden camera movie like so a lot of the scenes Mm -hmm. are real reactions like bad grams or whatever yeah i guess it's from the same p maybe or it's associated with it i don't know but it's not mean. So so Borat, which is genius, but Borat is like about exposing the worst in people. Yeah, it's cynical. And this, all of the, most of the hidden camera scenes really expose, I think, like good things in people. And it's But like, I think that's Eric Andre's fundamental thing. Like all, he always seems to be, it's not, it's a, you're in on it with him. Like he's doing crazy shit, but he doesn't totally exclude you. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's, he's not, not alienating people. And, yeah, and I mean, the three of them. Well, I mean, I just. Was, I, mean, I, I was laughing so hard. He's not. Me. He's not humiliating the the people who are caught on the hidden camera. Let's yeah, just say exactly. That. He's. Yeah. Um, uh, we've he been tells, watching... Can I just say he tells my favorite joke of all time where he has his guest on the show and he brings out three people like a middle aged woman and the middle aged man and like a kid and he goes pick one. He's like, what? And he's like, just, just pick one. Just pick one of these people right here. And the guest is like, all right, the middle one. Boom, shot with a gun and a squib goes off. <laughs> like, amazing. Like, on his radio, on his show, I think I had never laughed so hard and not seen the joke coming as hard as that. Anyway, I, he'll, he'll be forever in my yeah, heart for that he, joke. He, he commits to this movie. He was great. Um, I think if this had been in the theater, it would be like one of these cult movies people are going back to see over and over again. Yeah. Um, Mr. Mayor on NBC, which has Ted Danson and Holly Hunter and Vela Lavelle, Vela Lavelle, who is amazing and crazy ex-girlfriend. We've been watching it with a family. It's been a really fun show to watch with the kids. It's got like a Parks and Rec kind of public service humor vibe, but it's even less grown up um, than like less mature the humor. So we watched like four or five episodes straight and I love that. We watched the Ten Commandments with the kid in honor of Passover. Oh, that's funny. I've been watching some animated Warner Brothers movies. Um, uh, I watched Judas and the Black Messiah as part of my effort to catch up. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Fantastic acting. Very cool movie. I still think One Night in Miami is is the best movie that I saw so far. Right. Um, And and um, uh, so I've seen that Chicago seven. It's kind of interesting. Judas and the black messiah and chicago seven take place around the same time and even have sure. some of the same characters in both movies played by huh. <laughs> um so i like judas and the black messiah more than chicago seven um but but i would say still one i'm still bummed one nine miami is not nominated for best picture because that was just mind-blowing i just bought the soundtrack of that then i also want to give a shout out to a book that's coming out there's an actress her name is noah tishby um she's an american and israeli actress but she's also like a historian and she has written a book called Israel, a simple guide to the most misunderstood country on earth. And I have been hearing her speak about it a lot lately on clubhouse. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you've gotten into the clubhouse app yet. No, but but you might dig it. Yeah. So she's been speaking about it a lot lately. And what's great about Noah is that whether you agree with her or not, and I'm not saying this is a book that people need to agree with the point of view, but she's a very straight talker and she is speaking in the voice of people from our generation, not from an old timey historian's voice. Um, 
And uh, I have bought Lily a copy. I bought Becky a copy. And um, I think it's worth checking out and it's on pre-order right now, but it's coming out next week in Amazon. And I've had the chance to ask her questions about the book already a number of times. So I said I would I would I would give a shout out to it on the podcast. And I, I really think people should check that out um, with that. Mike, where can people follow you? Uh, the Mike Roberts on Twitter and Instagram, although lately I've been pretty I can I quickly say I found out that the user base for Twitter is such a small number that it made me like the active daily users number do you know like it's some obscenely low number like in the hundreds of thousands and then it makes me realize like how susceptible that is to uh suggestion by parties and it made me really nervous about twitter because it means like when you're when when there's that many people who have twitter and that few active daily users you realize getting things trending is so easy and you obviously see how someone like donald trump could be um, just manipulate it can manipulate it so easily so mm-hmm. i've been like really careful of twitter lately just it just put a bad taste in my mouth about it um but it's okay not many people it. follow us so you can tweet with us whenever you want okay it won't, right. it, won't <laughs> it won't get picked up by the algorithm <laughs> no it's not even that i just i just it, it really has made me like terrified of social media thinking about it but yeah so the mike roberts so like after all that i think, it, I, guess. <laughs> I think and, that's legit and becky where can people follow you at paper bk princess and uh yeah that's it <laughs> and lily where can people follow you chichi c-h-i-c-h-i-k gomez on twitter and my name lily corman on clubhouse and you can follow me at pancake and the number four table that's pancake four table on twitter and instagram you can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at FridayNightMoviePod.com or at Friday Night Movie. Check out our new Instagram TV series. Becky and I have a lot of content for you. We just taped another episode today. Our new Friday Night Movie presents Influenced. That's Influenced. where Becky and I spend our own money. It's not an ad where we've been influenced by someone we know, someone who is an influencer on Instagram, and we try something that they're really into and we give you our <laughs> thoughts. So That's we really have, funny. <laughs> so we've done, we put out two episodes. We've got uh, another new one coming and then we're going to be re-releasing some older bits that we've did uh, uh, with new introductions on the influenced brand. So w- this is going to be, this is a lot of fun. The advantage of living close to each other. Um, you can, um, uh, uh, so yeah, so please check that out. We're having a ton of fun doing that. And I think you learn a lot about things that, uh, how things taste and how we might describe them. It's a lot of, a lot of eating. Um, uh, if you are, um, if you're interested, as we mentioned every week, our family is supporting a number of charities and, um, the NAACP legal defense fund and the equal justice initiative are two that are near and dear to our hearts. So please check out those organizations as well as the Asian American Journalists association. Um, those are all organizations that are doing really good things for our democracy. Um, and, uh, it's an important time to be checking out, uh, checking out the things like that so yeah check those out and if you can and and if you see fit go ahead and support them and last but not least the theme song is by what does it eat and it will kick in in post-production and that will be the end of the show thanks guys bye